Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host Ashutosh Garg and today I'm privileged to welcome a very very accomplished professional from the world of arts in India, Vasundhara Das. Vasundhara, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me Ashutosh. Uh, Vasundhara is a singer, actor, drum circle facilitator and partner at Drum Jam. Uh, she's done iconic sang songs like Shaka Laka Baby, Where's the Party Tonight, It's Time to Disco, Papu Khan Dance, Salame, uh, Secret of Success and a host of songs in Hindi, Tamil, Telugu and Kannada. And, you know, a lot of our foreign audience may not know these, but these songs are absolutely incredibly popular in our country, in India. Uh, her films include uh, incredibly successful movies like Hey Ram, Monsoon Wedding, Citizen, Ravan Prabhu, Lankesh Patrike. Uh, Sundra has also worked with composers like A.R. Rahman, Vishal Shekhar, Shankar Hassan Loy, to name a few. And as I mentioned a little while earlier, she's a partner at Drum Jam. So Vasundra, what an amazing journey you've had. Tell me about what got you started in the world of music and films? Um, I think the world of music was around me as a young uh, a girl. Um, and it was quite a no-brainer for me to be uh, in music. Uh, I seemed to have it in my genes uh, in terms of, you know, like <laughs> my grandmother's, uh, uh, you know, uh, genealogical gift <laughs> of the voice. Uh -huh. basically came to me. Um, but then, of course, I have to credit my parents in supporting uh, an artistic journey through my uh, younger years, mm -hmm. uh, wherein they really they really persevered, I would say, more than I did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Making sure I got the right uh, teachers at the right time, mm -hmm. had the right exposure, um, you know, and, uh, and also, uh, also the drive. Mm -hmm encouraged me in terms of sort of keeping at it because uh, something like the arts are quite self-driven in terms of uh, your passions, if you know what I mean. Mm. And so um, to a large extent, if, if, this, if this mahal around you isn't conducive to the arts, then it's quite easy to drop Absolutely. them. Absolutely. And so I have to, I have to really credit my entire family for having put up with those early years of Riyaz at 6 a.m. and things like that, you know. Mm. <laughs> and so um, go, going forward from there, of course, uh, Alma Mater plays huge, um, huge roles in right. uh, the journeys that we take. And of course, I was fortunate enough to be uh, uh, an alumnus of uh, Mount Carmel College in Bangalore, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is very well known for its encouragement of uh, well-rounded personalities mm -hmm. um, and also their encouragement of women in uh, multiple fields. Mm -hmm. So their focus uh, on academics is not just single-mindedly driven. Mm -hmm. They were also uh, really, really open to having us girls take up all kinds of different things. Mm -hmm. And so we came out of there being really adventurous and fearless mm -hmm. um, individuals. And, and I, you know, so these are some of the things that... Amazing, amazing. <laughs> you know, right in the beginning, you said, uh, you, you know, in passing about the, the genealogical uh, gift of your grandmother. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry if I'm ignorant, but who, who was your grandmother? 
my grandmother's uh, name was indira das uh, okay. she she was a prop, uh, a student of hindustani classical music ah, okay very passionate about uh, hindustani classical my grandparents lived in delhi for a time okay and during their stay in delhi my grandmother you know was part of the uh, the first batch of people that uh, put together what is now known as gandharv mahavidyalaya yeah wow. so she was the first, she i think she was one of the first secretaries of gandharv mahavidyalaya and you know i don't know if you've heard of uh, pandit vinay chandra ji who was the founder of gandharv mahavidyalaya so she was quite uh, you know like his you know in his core team and really helped him in in whatever way she could but then when they moved back to bangalore she continued this dream of uh, running a music school at home mm. which she did so around the time that i was born i remember i mean i think all of my aunts and older cousins were all parading in and out of our house mm. uh, because they were you know studying music from some guru or the other that mm. my grandmother had uh, you know brought in amazing amazing <clears throat> and you know you also mentioned about riyaz at 6 am in the morning for someone who must have been very very young at that time where did you get that inspiration from i have to say you know uh, i'd love to take that credit but <laughs> okay. okay but that has to go to my mom because uh, uh, you know you you hear of all of these stories of all the greats of indian classical music you know and they're woken up at 4 am you know to do riyas and things like that in my house thankfully it was 6 am i was kicked okay. out of bed every morning right, right. <laughs> to uh, to do my sare gamas mm. and uh, i still hear moans and groans of about it from my aunts who used to live across the streets across the street from me mm. that you know those first years were really painful for us <laughs> but uh, but you know uh, again my mom was the one that used to dra- literally drag me out of uh, bed in the early years mm. and of course when i knew there was no way out <laughs> i started to get out uh, and start doing it on my own <laughs> till you actually started to enjoy it and that was then the self motivation i would imagine yes mm. yes wonderful so was the routine years are always a little bit I, difficult i agree yeah. with you so uh was we let's talk a little bit about once you had you know trained yourself and you'd got so many different kinds of talents that you had honed what got you involved in films and music and uh, you know tell me a little bit about that journey i think i i was in my 7th grade uh, in school uh, when i made the the big decision of my life what do i mm-hmm. want to be when i grow up wow <laughs> and so you know that's when the answer was music mm-hmm. uh, i i don't know where this conviction came from mm-hmm. i don't know with you know what um strength or because there was nobody in the family that was in the entertainment business mm-hmm. and sometimes they say that you know you need a foot in the door to kind of get any correct there was no one like that for mm-hmm. me um but i remember informing my parents who had up until then really been very sort of pushy or you know supportive on the verge of pushy mm-hmm. for me to be uh, you know having music as an option of whatever sort mm-hmm. um i remember informing them that this is what i wanted to do full time at mm-hmm. in 7th grade 
and i remember the look of fear in their faces mm. because you know they had gambled for it to be a hobby mm. <laughs> at most um but then you know this thing of doing it full time was a bit daunting for them as mm. well mm. um naturally so absolutely um but i think um from then on i would say that the way i was listening to music the way i was consuming music mm. up until then was um you know just like any other teenager might have mm. but something shifted uh once i had made that decision for myself mm. um wherein you know whether it was me in front of a mirror singing at the top of my lungs mm. uh whatever it might be mm. uh i was doing it then with purpose mm. there was a definite goal amazing amazing and so yeah. i think those those 3 years were were really uh, quite uh, transformative in the sense that you know i from from it being an idea it became a conviction mm-hmm. um and then i got into mount carmel which was again quite instrumental in my musical journey because that's when i was on stage in front of a um not necessarily appreciative audience for the first mm. time mm. and those are huge lessons Correct. for you if you know in the world of performance mm. you kind of uh, assume that when you're doing something like music and you get up there on stage mm. uh, your uh, audience is going to you know melt and be appreciative and all of that but mount carmel's was a, a great um, leveler Level. in that <laughs> sense so the i remember the first time i got on stage i was so nervous and mm. it, this was like uh, a an auditorium full of screeching booing women wow. <laughs> and <laughs> to stand there and to still go ahead and sing was very very daunting and i remember forgetting lyrics mm. on stage mm. and totally letting my fear get the better of me this was mm. i think when i was in my first year uh, what we call pre university mm. college mm. in karnataka mm. um and i you know they 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 got under my skin mm. i allowed it to happen mm. and this was i think the biggest biggest lesson i have learned mm. um have you know and then standing there and wondering what to do because i still had five more minutes of mm. time to fill and i didn't know the words and i'd forgotten the tune and my fear had totally uh, got the better of me and I remember sticking it out there for those 5 minutes. I don't have a clue what I sang. Mm-hmm. Um I remember making up words, making up a tune and then getting off stage, being booed off mm-hmm. literally. Mm-hmm. And the feeling of being booed off stage was has stayed with me so clearly. I never ever wanted to be in that position again. Oh. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that again was a big game changer because the next time I was on stage and I I opened my mouth to sing there was dead silence pin yes. drop silence mm. for the next 5 minutes that I was on stage and then things got to move ahead amazing and as they say uh, the rest is history right <laughs> something like that fantastic yes. so again tell me you know you sung such incredibly iconic songs with some of the top uh, music directors uh, and composers what were one of your some of your early songs and how did it feel when you got these incredibly popular songs which led must have led to global adulation um so 
actually, you know, in a lot of cases, you hear about the fact that people wait their turn and sort of wait for success to come to them. In my case, what happened was that right after I finished my degree, hmm. which my parents were quite clear about that I needed to do that, um, I went in in search of the uh, break, the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I think f- first came, you know, this, this, what kind of a musician did I want to be? Mm-hmm. Did I want to jump into the films where in my young mind at the time, mm-hmm. it was simple mm-hmm. because somebody was writing everything. Someone was making the music, someone was writing the lyrics. It was easy. Mm-hmm. Did I want to go the easy way? Or did I want to uh, really sort of persevere and and put out something that was me or something mm. that was a little more personal? Correct. So the choice was between going into uh, the movies, the playback singing route, mm. or um, or to uh, do an album or to write your own original music. And so being the kind of person I am, I chose the latter. Mm-hmm. I decided that the first thing I wanted to do was for people to think of me and listen to me, to my mm-hmm. true voice. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to uh, put out an album. Uh, I went and auditioned for uh, at a record label uh, mm-hmm. called Magna Sound mm-hmm. and uh, got a record, le- a record deal. Mm-hmm. And then I started working on a demo. It was an R&B English demo mm-hmm. uh, with a producer from uh, Canada called mm-hmm. Praveen Mani. Mm-hmm. And uh, once we started working on this demo somewhere th- along the way, mm-hmm. Praveen introduced me to uh, Rahman. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really how, you wow. know, the, the, the quiet segue happened. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, I, I think I was so into that whole space of writing my own stuff and mm. uh, putting out my own uh, album mm. that I didn't really think of playback singing or movies or any of that stuff at the time mm. until the opportunity actually came to me. And the first time that that happened was from, again, Rahman. Wow. He wanted to uh, record me uh, in a film called Mudalwan, mm. which is a Tamil movie um, where I sang Shakalaka Baby. Okay. Um, and so that was my first uh, commercial recording, whereas yeah. I had been doing a bunch of recordings for my mm. album already before that. Mm. And so to, what kind of a record, what, you know, the the process is very unique. Rahman's mm. process is really yeah. unique. Mm. He comes up with an idea and he likes to collaborate, mm. um, which is really nice because mm. then it's not just his song, it's your song too. Mm. And so I went in there with absolutely no other, you know, baggage of how playback singing is usually mm. done. Mm. Mm. And so it was really refreshing for me because it was like two friends collaborating on something nice. that they're really having fun doing. Mm. You know? mm. And so, have you done other songs with uh, Mr. Rahman also? Yeah, a few. Yes, quite a few. Mm. And uh, and then, of course, you worked with other uh, composers uh, like uh, Shankar Hassan Loy, Vishal Shekhar, and others. Yes. What is it like, or what is the what is the dynamics between a composer and a singer? Again, it, it's a, it's very subjective, Ashutosh, because uh, it really depends on your personalities. Um, each singer will have a different rapport uh, with music composers. I'm not somebody that was waiting in the lines to be in the music. Uh, mm. film music business correct uh, it's something that just happened to me 
Hmm. And so the way I interacted with them was quite different. I hmm. never called anybody sir. I never, you know, it it was a collaboration sure, sure. whenever I walked through the door. Sure. Um, and uh, I think that for me, it was really important for all of us to enjoy the experience and hmm. to have, uh, I mean, that's what shines through in, in any kind of art, right? Is uh, what's going on in your heart when Absolutely. you're doing the work? Absolutely, well said. And uh, over the years, and you know, you've been trained as a classical uh, musician or a singer. Do you see classical music coming back uh, into um, you know preferences of the of the listeners? You know, that's the funny thing. I don't think it's ever left. Okay. I think that there has been a very staunch following of uh, classical music, whichever form you might think of, whether it's mm. Karnataka or Hindustani, there's been a very staunch following of it. Um, and that just not just comprises of a particular age group of people, mm. it transcends age. Mm. So if you uh, were around when, you know, in the in the years that I was growing up, there were tons of, you know, you, young people um, following all of these great musicians mm. through the Spick McKay programs or, you know, there's mm. so many mm. programs that were on that were put up by, put put together by students, mm. which mm. I think is still the case. Yeah, yeah, I agree. No, no, I've been around. I mean, I was, <laughs> I used to be, you know, a very young manager in ITC Sangeet Richard Academy Daves and, and I used to go and meet Mr. Kichlu and all that. But uh, I'm so happy that you're saying this because I thought, you know, this whole process of rediscovery of classical has started only in the last five or seven years, but it's fantastic to hear. And I don't know so much about the world of music. Yeah, no, there's always been an audience mm. uh, for the classical forms of music and dance. Mm. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's only what happens is that, you know, when we think of the media and its traditional mm. and there is only that much of bandwidth for them to talk about the arts. Correct. And very seldom do they kind of focus on something that's already been there forever. Correct. So they always want to talk about what's new, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, wonderful. So uh, let me, I've got one more question, music, and then I want to also talk to you about Drum Jam. Uh, yes. Again, as, as a very senior uh, classical or uh, a singer, how have you seen technology? beginning to beginning to change music um in the classical context i don't i don't see that much of a shift mm. um in terms of technology uh, you know uh, for the simple reason that you know khayal performance is khayal performance it okay. takes that long there's no and a performance uh, per se you know you're not going to uh, put any gadgets in there and, and muddy it hmm. uh, as far as the classical form is concerned. But the way that it has transformed the classical music world hmm. is the fact that now there is access to teachers Correct. that are not necessarily in the same geographical zone that you live in. So hmm. there are a lot of young, new students of uh, uh, the classical arts in other parts of the world, mm. whether they're Indian, second generation, third generation, yeah. mm. or not. There are so many people that want to have access to teach good teachers. Mm. And uh, the online format or Zoom has really opened that up. 
uh, in quite a big way. Amazing, amazing. So uh, let's talk about Drum Jam. Uh, you know, you're a partner at Drum Jam. Tell me about what you do here. So at Drum Jam is a company that uh, Roberto Narayan, my husband and I started um, in uh, 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, so here, what we do is we use music as a medium um, for team building mm-hmm. or for um, motivation mm-hmm. or so to achieve different HR goals among corporate uh, companies mm-hmm. in India and in other parts of the world, we use drumming as a metaphor okay. to uh, to either deliver certain things about the values that mm-hmm. you know each organization um, wants to underline, or mm-hmm. so for a various for a variety of different reasons, we use drumming um, as a medium, a medium for communication, a medium for uh, bringing people together, mm. a medium to set new goals, uh, you know. And you then can, can you give me an example of how you use drumming as, a, you know, medium for communication? Well, uh, you have heard of the, uh, the saying that music is a universal language. Absolutely. The reason why it's a universal language is because of rhythm. Mm. When you break it down, the one way that we uh, are all able to communicate without words um, is using rhythm. Mm. Uh, Rhythm isn't something that always necessarily needs to be taught. It's something Mm. that's within all of us. Mm. And at Drum Jam, we believe that if you have heartbeat, then you have rhythm. Well said. Mm. So, um, So we use rhythm because of its universality. Mm-hmm. And we use uh, rhythm because um, everybody can put a rhythm, a simple rhythm together. Mm-hmm. It's something that you can sort of break down to a point where it goes, uh, you know, it puts everybody on a level playing field. Mm-hmm. And uh, in a drum circle, what we do is that we uh, slowly and simply start to encourage people Mm-hmm. to express their own innate rhythmicality. Mm-hmm. And then as they start to do so, mm-hmm. they find, you know, as the rhythm evolves mm-hmm. through a session, mm-hmm. they find that, you know, the whole concept of the the metronome begins to happen. So what, what begins to happen is people begin to entrain to each other's rhythms. Correct. And then at some point, we find that we're all you know, together and we're all playing the same beat. Mm. So this transition from people's consciousness as individuals Mm. to a consciousness where people are now Mm. uh, playing as an ensemble Mm. is is the journey that we take them through, through a drum jam. Amazing, amazing. And you also speak about uh, you're being a certified drum circle facilitator, which you spoke to me about, but also a circle singing facilitator. What does this mean? Um, so circle singing is something that was started by Bobby McFerrin. Mm. Uh, if you've heard the song, Don't Worry, Be Happy. So again, the belief is similar, mm. is that we all, we all have uh, basic musicality. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we can we can drone, we can sing, we can hold a note, 
uh, we we all hum in the bathroom and so to to take that concept and to kind of use your voice again as a medium mm-hmm. is uh, is what you do in a circle song mm-hmm. so Wonderful. people collaborating and it's it's you know it's facilitated in a sense where it becomes more musical so so the, the agenda for both of these things is the fact that we need as facilitators to be able to facilitate groups into their optimum musicality mm. well said so And... it's very different from what yeah. a performer does mm. a performer is somebody that performs to an audience shows their prowess mm. shows their technique but a facilitator is somebody that helps everybody Mm. Or facilitates everyone get to their optimum musicality. It's a very different world. Well said. Well said. Thank you. I have time for only one more question, though. I could just keep on talking to you, and uh, but I wanted to ask you. And this question is for the many, many thousands of people who will listen to our conversation. Based on your own amazing journey in the world of music. Uh, what would you say are three lessons you would want our viewers and listeners to take away from your journey and from our conversation from i think my journey in music and you know for me the most important journey has been from that of of me from the stage into the center of the circle mm-hmm. um is that in any kind of conversation mm-hmm. or collaboration mm-hmm. when there's only when there's when there's conversation all the time from all directions mm. uh it becomes cacophony mm. so there's a very very important lesson of stepping back mm. and being silent mm. and listening mm. for us all to move forward mm. on the different paths that we choose to walk well said mm. So I think that's you know the the lesson of silence is something that I really carry with me every day. Fantastic. Um a second lesson hmm would really be that there is no um meaning to anything that we do if we hmm. don't share our spirit. Hmm. So whatever we bring to the table mm. has to come from the heart. Mm. Just when we bring our spirit into it, mm. otherwise it's very mundane. Correct. Correct. Well said. Well said. And on that note, Basundra, and your amazing lessons. You know, I love this thing of the power of listening and the power of silence. Step back and be silent. Listen to move forward. And second, you said was. you know share our spirit if you want to really be able to explore ourselves uh, thank you so much for speaking to me about an absolutely incredible journey i mean i don't know too many people who decided in class 7 uh, that their passion that their passion was going to become their, uh, their their career and you seem to have done it so beautifully thank you for speaking to me about so many different aspects of music about your own journey uh in the world of uh, films and music and thank you also for speaking to me about drum jam thank you again and good luck thank you thank you for having me ashtosh thank you thank you for listening to the brand called you video cast and podcast a platform that brings you knowledge experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world 
do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.